From the LiveX studios in New York City, Cheesehead TV brings you two guys who like to think they know something about football. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Packer Transplants Live. I am Aaron Negler, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Corey Banky, my partner here at Cheesehead TV. I'm coming to you live from the Cheesehead TV podcast studio in Midtown Manhattan. Corey joins us live from Green Bay, Wisconsin, across the street from Lambeau Field, and we are ready to talk some Packers. What do we have on tap today, Corey? Today, we try to make sense of the senselessness that is the 2023 Green Bay Packers. But right now, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the good, we got. A.J. Dillon, trucking fools. We got the bad, we got. Carrington Valentine, use that physicality, young man. We got the ugly, we got. Your Green Bay Packers coaching staff. da 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 <laughs> Extra time to face the crappy Raiders. Take that L. Extra time to face the crappy Broncos. Take that L. I don't like this pattern, Banky. It's time to break it. Got to get this W on Sunday against the Vikings. I mean, here's the thing. What's the thing? In the last 30 years, we pretty much always play down to the team we're playing. If a team's crappy... Like, like, you know how, like, times when we would be, like, it was guaranteed we were going to the playoffs and probably going to win the North and we'd still end up losing to the Lions twice? At least one <laughs> time. You know what I mean? When the Lions were terrible. Right. Like, not this year when the yep. Lions are good. So, you know, right. we're, we're kind of... I don't know. I, 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 um, I, know, I, know we, I know we have extra special things, but I just... I don't know. I, I, sometimes it feels like... I know you experience this more than others, but... Um, Sometimes it just seems like people are out of their minds, and it, it and it's probably just because <laughs> like it's probably just because I think it's just because of the world we live in and the way that oh, the negative man. rolls to the top more than anything else. But you know, yeah, all does. this negativity has me more positive. And you know what? It's the Packers' fault for beating the Bears so definitively in Week One, right? They gave us hope, right? <laughs> in the back. They, Exactly. They princess layered our ass, right? They got, they sent R2. We saw the message uh-huh. and we tried to get hope. back to them. And then, and we just, we got so excited about just spanking the bears that hard just feels so good, right? And you just yeah, get, it so it's almost like we were like, ooh, we don't know what's going to happen this season. And then they show us that, right? And we're like, right. Oh my God! It's on. It's the set. It's the third coming of Jesus. Here we go. Let's go. Like, yeah, we're gonna lose a couple games. We're gonna lose some games, and we're gonna have. But we lost our perspective footing, right? I think you know. I know you and I did, and we did it in like a much less incremental way. But I swear to God, it is like this Packers team is a Rorschach test. For Green Bay Packer fans, and it's a generational Rorschach test. I don't know if I'm saying Rorschach right. I've said it three times incorrectly now, probably. Rorschach, I believe, is how it's pronounced. But you're close. It's fine. But it really is. It's it's literally every play, right? Like way to put it. Yeah. That Jordan Love touchdown fluke, right, is a good pass to Romeo Dobbs that Romeo Dobbs just doesn't catch, right? And then it goes into the hands of, you know, the, the touchdown, right? But that is right. a Rorschach test because if you look at it, you're like, oh, Jordan Love made a good throw. 
But other people, when they first look, and other people are like, oh, Jordan Love, he can't throw. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's incredible. Right. Or like, you know, looking at a quarterback, there there are generations of Packer fans that never experienced a quarterback throwing a lot of interceptions. And honestly, exactly. Jordan Love... Jordan Love is in the middle of interceptions, right? You had the guy who threw all the interceptions, and then you had the guy who threw no interceptions, and now Jordan's right in the middle being like, I don't know who I am. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, that's the thing. I made that comparison to Brett the other day, and people somewhat kind of – some people lost their minds, but I'm like, I'm not saying he's Brett Favre, but it is very reminiscent, and I know you remember this, Corey, and I talk to people who don't seemingly all week like how frustrating it was watching Brett when he first started. I mean, there were games where you were like, what the hell is he doing? And I kind of get that feeling sometimes watching Jordan Love. Not all because of Jordan Love, but it's pretty similar. It's a very young team, a very young quarterback. And you're right. uh, The Rorschach test is perfectly stated because I do think people are coming at it with their whatever lens they're looking through. And look, I get it. If you are of a certain generation, yeah, all you've known is Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I, I'm not surprised that people are frustrated and calling for a new quarterback already. I mean, there's zero doubt that the Packers are ready to ride this at least through the season, if not next season as well. But I understand why Pat fans are impatient. They, they've watched well, greatness for a very long time. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I, he said something very prescient uh, that I want to bring up that I saw on Pat McAfee recently. And he was talking about, and, and he was actually talking about hand signals, right? And he was talking about like, yeah, great, steal my hand signal. I stole your hand signals. Now I know the defense is doing that. Well, guess what? And this is what I think Packer fans really need to understand. And I'm not going to say this correctly. I didn't write everything he said down. But he was like, right. guess what? I still have to execute. I still have to snap the ball. I still have to mm-hmm. not get sacked or pressured. I still have to convince the safety to do the thing he's going to do in cover four. And then I still have to make a good throw to the, the receiver. So even if I know what the hand signal is, I still have to do five things. And these are the, these are the problem. This is, these are, this is the biggest problem I have with social media and, and kind of a lot of fans, you know, on our chat and, and people who are just like fire Matt LaFleur and, you know, all the extremists out there. It's like, the amount of things that have to go right for 11 men on the field against 11 yeah. other men on the field, right? right? The, um, the Literally, and, and, and you know, l- starting with our offensive line, right? Our offensive line is broken. There is a problem. And if your offensive yeah. line is broken in football, I don't care how good or bad your coach is. I don't care how good or bad your quarterback is or your tight ends. Like, all that is just kind of like, yeah, they, they're they terrible too. But like, it's side salad to the main course, is what it is. It really you're right. is. Yep. It really no is. Doubt. Like, they, they, and, and, you know, a lot of people give us a, give a, give me shit because they're like, oh, well, you guys were talking about how it was all on Aaron Rodgers. Well, first off, we never said it was all on Aaron Rodgers ever in the last three years that we uh, were incapable of getting to the Super Bowl uh, in these last three uh, years. It was never all on Aaron Rodgers. There, there were separate issues there. But, you know, the fact that we have not been able, and some of this is because of David Bakhtiari. I'm not going to put ever all the blame or pin everything on him. But clearly the Packers organization has not been able to settle on five guys. And this is this is, this is, this is, this is NFL-wide, too, by the way. Like, I don't know that oh, yeah. there's an NFL league-wide, team out there. Yeah. Poor is there an NFL team out there that, yeah. League epidemic at this point. Yes. Correct. I mean, 
if you have one that's good and stays together healthy, you're usually going pretty deep into the playoffs. I mean, the Chiefs and Eagles literally had the two healthiest offensive lines last season when both played in the Super Bowl. You know, the Eagles are healthy up front again this year, and that is helping them win these games. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Which is interesting because it should really tell you how important a defensive line is to your defense, right? It's like if you can't – field an offensive line you better damn field a defensive line because you gotta win up front yes the game (laughs) is controlled at the line of scrimmage a hundred percent and right now the packers aren't doing it on either side of the ball and that is an issue and that is the driving issue you know everyone wants to talk about the quarterback everyone wants to talk about joe barry or the wide receivers or whatever but it's like man those lines gotta win and right now they're not like that that's a number one uh but you know what that's pretty negative I want, I want to talk about the positive, Corey. I want to start yeah, with the hotness because that's what we do here at Packer Transplants. Let's get to the hotness. Time for the hotness. Well, you know, picking out positive slash hot type plays was uh a fun exercise this week there, there was, was a good drive had, there was a really there nice a couple, drive there were a couple i had one where i loved the there was a kind of a back cut from jones on a zone run that i really liked and there was aj Dillon going right up the middle for on a counter for like 15 yards i was going to use but i wanted to highlight this play uh which is i'm pretty sure is an rpo love hits romeo dobbs uh to the right let's let's roll the play here because I love that. Okay, the motion across. You watch the linebacker shift. He's going to motion again. The linebackers are going to shift away from where you're throwing the football to Romeo Dobbs. Great block by Watson to seal. And, you know, Romeo does the rest. But also watch this from the end zone angle. At the snap of the ball, watch Zach Tom get up, get up feel and be like, oh, no one to hit? Okay, I'll go lay out this corner. Like, oh, okay, here we go. Seal, boom, corner on the ground. I mean, perfectly executed plays like that are pretty few and far between in Green Bay right now. That one was phenomenal, and I loved every bit of it. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the hotness. And also, uh, we usually wait until, like, the blogosphere part at the end of the show to do these promo things. And I thought, like, no, people are usually listening at the start of the show. Let's promo one of our events at the start of the show Meaning, people, mark your calendars. November 3rd, meet Corey Banky at Revere's Well Street Tavern in Delafield, Wisconsin. Drew and KB will be broadcasting iHeartRadio in the house. Drew and KB will be on live from 3 to 6. Then Corey and company will be throwing down from 6 to 8. Friday, November 3rd, Delafield. Do it, people. Corey. It's going to be fun. Wish I could join. I wish I could join you, man. But uh, have a good time. It's going to be fun. We're going to be fun. I'm excited to see Drew and KB and the, the iHeart team. So I'm excited to have the them I there. And, and, and great that they're uh, partnering with us and uh, and making it happen. It's uh, It's been fun. Uh, good, 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 good stuff. Uh, let's get the Packers news. Unfortunately, uh, got to lead with uh, the biggest news probably of the week is uh, Darnell Savage and Eric Stokes both placed mm. on injury reserve. Eric Stokes. My God, this Lord. I, I, did he, I did he even have – he had four plays, right? Four plays? Four Six. special team snaps. Four four snaps wow. on special team. 
uh, and hurt his hamstring. And so badly that he had to be placed on injury reserve, which means both of these guys, both Savage and Stokes, have to miss at least four games. Uh, Both will be eligible to be brought back after that. Not that they will automatically, but if they're healed up and ready to go, uh, they can be brought back off injured reserve. Uh, on more positive, on a more positive note, Devondre Campbell is back practicing, albeit in a limited capacity. But it's good to see him out there. I know he was went into last week's game listed as doubtful. Hopefully, we can bump that up. Maybe get him back out on the field against the Vikings. Packers will need every bit of help they can get. Um, and then on the flip side, we got Luke Musgrave not practicing. Second day in a row, dealing with that ankle injury, um, kind of miraculously in my mind. He has apparently no lingering effects from that hit uh, in the Broncos game where uh, (laughs) the safety got ejected and now was suspended for four games, got it knocked down to two on appeal. Uh, But Musgrave, not a problem, apparently head trauma-wise, but dealing with that ankle injury, I'm going to be surprised if he's able to play uh, at this point on Sunday against the Vikings. And... um, Going on top of that, Preston Smith missed today's practice with an illness. Yeah, keep him away, man. Corey, I was saying this. Like, I don't – I mean, with all the injury, I'd like the last thing they need is yeah. illness going through the locker room. Uh, we've seen that happen before. Keep him away from the team until he's all kind of rested and healed up, all of that nonsense. Um, and then some other, you know, roster maneuvering, because I know that's your favorite, Corey – Corey Ballantine brought up from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. We saw him quite a bit this summer. He's been up and down throughout the season, so now he is on the 53-man roster. Uh, And then we have the Packers signing Robert Rochelle from Carolina's practice squad, a corner, former fourth-round pick for the Rams with all the injuries at corner and in the secondary, getting some uh, reinforcements there. Hopefully he's uh, this year's version of Rasul Douglas. Who knows? We'll see. Like I said, former fourth-round pick. He's bounced around a little bit. Uh, hopefully, he can stick here in Green Bay. And then finally, Corey, I found this interesting. Uh, our kid, our boy, the young phenom, Anders Carlson, missed his first kick of the season this past game. And lo and behold, Mason Crosby has worked out for the Rams. I wonder if Mason hmm. like picked up the phone and was like, oh, hey, can I come work out for you? Because like, you know, this kid just missed his first kick, and maybe the Packers will get desperate. <laughs> Uh, Maybe not, but Mason working out for the Rams, uh, not signed yet. As far as I can tell, uh, as we're live here on Thursday afternoon, but, uh, that's all the Packers news. That's fit to print. Ladies and gentlemen, Uh, let's talk about this offense, Corey. Let's talk about Zach Tom. We looked at him Mm -hmm. in the hotness video. We got to see Zach Tom at center for about five plays. Looked really good. And then, you know, Myers got healthy or healthy enough to come back in. So what was a brief, fleeting, quiet moment of hopefulness for the offensive line to be shuffled and changed and hopefully improved got dashed by the wayside. I will say, though, shout out to Josh Myers, who I thought came in and played pretty darn well, considering he was dealing with an injury. Um, I know we, we've given him a lot of grief on this year program. Uh, just why I want to give credit where it's due. I thought he held up pretty damn well, especially, like I said, considering he was battling injury. Um. Can we get Dontavian Wicks on the field? Just every time this kid is out there, something positive happens. Whether he's throwing the football, whether he's yeah, catching it, he's QB whether two. he's blocking. I mean, QB too, right? I would just he is. And if you guys haven't seen, um, Cassidy Hill did a nice chalk talk video with 
uh, Wicks in the Packers locker room where he walked through that play where he has the pass to Aaron Jones. It's pretty insightful. It's good stuff. Um, and then, you know, hey, we, we talked about it a little. We touched on it at the start, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you expand on it if you want a little bit, Corey. Jordan Love can't find a rhythm. And some of that is Jordan Love. Some of that is the offensive line. Some I of mean, that is the receivers. And some of it's the play calling. It's like, well, I and, feel and not bad, you're missing but I feel... A, you're missing a fourth you know, point that's actually not been talked about enough is... What's that? The tight ends we on this team cannot block to save their fucking life. Uh, it is ridiculous. The The amount of you're tight not, end... Incorrect. How many times do you see a tight end just whiff completely on a freaking block? How, how many times have we seen that yep. in the last three games especially? It, especially it's almost like... Tight. You you all yeah well when they're moving but even when they're just in pass pro and they just completely whiff on people, I watch yeah. it's it's pathetic. So the first two drives of this offense, you know the they were overrun. That's why I, yeah. I put my my tweet I put on. I mean they were overrun. It wouldn't have mattered if Matt Lafleur called a flea flicker. It it just didn't matter what was called in the first that we right. we were overrun. Like it it, it we should have just retreated the first two uh, the first two offensive drives because it was very clear that whatever we <laughs> were punted doing, on third down. Right. Yeah. I mean. I mean. It, I mean. How do you I get mean, in a rhythm when you're overrun like that? How do you How do you do it? Yep. Slants. Yep. You can't. You, I, Quick maybe, checkdowns. I guess. And Something. then, you know, and then what? Angle I mean, I, I don't know. I, no, right? I I really can't. I really don't believe you can blame. You can put a lot of blame on Jordan. Now, you know, great quarterbacks, you know, they, they have, they, 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 they overcome those deficiencies. Right. Um, and so clearly I think there's a lot that Jordan learned from that game. Um, there has to be um, because, you know, he had a hit. How do you get a guy in rhythm when you're being overrun? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Have we seen teams like fix that? I don't know. Well, it's interesting because I keep going back. It's funny you say that because you're absolutely a thousand percent correct regarding great quarterbacks, right? Being able to overcome. Never forget when, you know, Rodgers had, you know, suspect offensive lines. He made up for it by getting the ball out of his hands quickly and having the quickest release known to man, right? Uh, there, there was a game even recently. I mean, I'm talking like that's back in like the mid early 2010s, whatever. But like even recently, a couple years ago, I remember that night game when the Rams came into Lambeau and Rogers barely had like three seconds on any passing down. You know, Aaron Donald was just collapsing every single pocket, but Aaron did such an amazing job of knowing exactly where the ball needed to go and, or where he could at least get rid of it, like throw it to the sideline at least in the vicinity of a receiver, so it's not mm -hmm. intentional grounding. But oh, yeah, my guys aren't holding up. Got to get rid of it, and that's an like that. That's something that you learn with time in the league and knowing you know what's allowed and where you can go and things like that. Jordan obviously is learning all that on the job, day in, day out, week in, week out. These games, to your point, getting overrun up front. I mean, between the Detroit game and that early start against Denver. And the problem for me, if you're a coach, where how do you even address it outside of guys? We got to get more consistent across the board because it's everybody. I mean, yeah. outside of Zach Tom, who I think going back and watching it again, I think it's hard to find a play where Zach kind of got either blown up or missed a block. He wasn't perfect, but he was on assignment sure pretty much throughout the entirety of the game. Other than that, I mean, that second play in the opening drive – 
Elton Jenkins completely whiffs on the block. Yeah. And that's Elton fucking Jenkins. And you lose two yards, and now you're behind the sticks. Yeah. Third and long, and you got end up having to punt. Like, I'm not surprised because you're to your point, you're getting overrun. And if well, you're a coach, funny you're how many going, well, I expect they... Elton Jenkins to be able to block. Well, and, and it what's crazy is they're keeping tight ends to pass block, and I'm like, why? Right. Just put more running backs right. in then. <laughs> right. Like, right. seriously, Something. Emmanuel Wilson can block better than these tight ends. I mean, I I think the tight end play on this team has been probably the most disappointing thing besides the offensive line so far this season. Yeah, I mean, well, it's to your point about, like, you're keeping tight ends in to block. That's your idea, right, as a coach, and you're thinking, I got to add bodies. I got to bulk up my pass pro, but – I remember Rodgers kind of a couple years ago, I want to say coming off a game in Cincinnati where they were overrun and they kept trying to ab, like tried to go max protect, right? And they kept getting run over. And there was this whole discussion coming off that week about Aaron at his locker saying, I like more guys in the routes. I know we can't hold up up front. Give me options as a passer. And sometimes I think about that because like you look at what Matt's calling and he is like completely understandably – to your point, Corey, it's saying, like, let's keep these tight ends in and let's try and get some extra pass pro. But when they're getting run over, when they're completely whiffing blocks, or my favorite, going across the formation and just doing a Superman in the midair and completely missing anything, let alone a player. Uh, yeah, why not just put them out in routes and give Jordan more options as far as where to go with the football? Because right now he's going lots of like heavy protection, only one, two, maybe a check down are available, and if you're going into these two high shells, there's no option for you as a quarterback. There's nowhere to go with the football. So maybe that's something, especially this week with Minnesota and their blitz-heavy defense. Give them lots of little short options. Possibly. I mean, saying all Rather that, than asking right? tight ends, tight ends just Say, whiffing on blocks. Saying all that, the Packers, um, Eve, the Packers have been able to, in the last three or four weeks, without the buy, I'm sort of counting, they've been able to right. put together one good quarter for the offense. So that's something to hang yep. our hat on. Typically, it comes in the third <laughs> quarter. Usually um, the third, right? Yep. yep. And we're typically a little bit behind. You know, the fact that the Packers were one point ahead in that game, I think, says a lot about the offense. It says a little bit about the resiliency. It says a lot about, like, we have the potential to get consistent at times when we focus. And, you know, it just shows you how young this team is. But there's definitely there's yes. definitely green shoots. Um, you yeah. know, the seedlings are there. You know, you got, like, small microgreens shooting up different places. But... You know, we're still kind of in blackout mode where, you know, there there's a lot of there's a lot of growth that needs to happen yet before we can really put together four quarters, it seems like. Yeah, very much very much agreed. Uh let's move on to the defense and talk about how, you know, the, the kind of mantra I've been hearing is, you know, they're they're in every game, right? They're holding these teams to under twenty points, and these are games they should win. Hell, I've said it, right? Like the offense is doing them no favor. They are holding teams out of the end zone for the most part, keeping the scoring down, keeping them in striking distance. But, man, I've never seen a coordinator and or like defensive side of the ball that is so situationally tone deaf. As far as, I mean, the opening drive, I know Mike Wall highlighted it, Andy Herman highlighted it, but, you know, you get in there, you're third and short, you hold them, it's third and two or whatever. They substitute 
adding heavier bodies onto the field. And the Packers run TJ Slayton off and add a safety and add a, like a linebacker. I'm just so okay. Oh, that's you the got Andy saved Herman by tweet, holding. Right? That's the that's yep. the one where he you tweets got saved the by a holding accent. penalty. But like situational football, man. And then you you fast forward to the end of the game or to the fourth quarter anyway. Where the Packers have scratched and clawed and gotten their back into the game, and they've taken their first lead of the game. It's seventeen sixteen. There's eight minutes left in the game. And the Broncos waltz basically down the field because Joe Barry has, like, not prevent, but he's playing but basically his prevent. soft shell yeah. cover too high. But what does he have? Blah, blah, what does blah. he have to play, though? What does he have? Does he have press? Does he have it? Pressure the, trying to pressure the quarterback? So make, you want him to blitz? To not just necessarily blitz, I'm, but... You know, I'm scared of this to, team blitzing for a lot of reasons. A little bit. Okay, I, I hear you, but I'm here's why I'm scared of this team blitzing. We're just starting to get this defensive line to hold contain. They got serious mm-hmm. issues when it comes to holding the edges. If we just right. let this team blitz, I mean, you know, I guess Lucas Fontness maybe, but I guess we do have some special skills players that could blitz, but it's hard. You don't have Jair. You don't have somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I totally get you. I, I mean – at the very least, you should have body for body. That that's pretty typical, right? Like you, they have a strong just, package, you no. should have a strong package. Like that that seems that to me seems like a, a mistake or a failure on some part on the coaching staff. But I hear you about like they should call something, but do they even have that? Have we ever seen them this season or even last season really be able to play anything that resembles yeah. like Yes. You know what? Go back and watch the Vikings game in Lambeau Field last year. You'll see a play style very similar to what I'm talking about as far as desiring okay. them to just be a little bit more aggressive. And I'm not saying – But we had Jair in the game. the end of the bar. We, we had did. Jair in the game. We absolutely did. No and question about di- it. There's a difference there, right? Because you can put Jair on an island. Sure. Who do we have that well, we can put on This is a great idea. This, this is a great, great point. I, I would love – to hear what your thoughts on this were because somebody asked me this on daily the other the other day and i really hadn't thought of this way before but i think it's an interesting question carrington valentine who you know had a rough game was picked on definitely by the by the broncos for good reason he's a rookie you know if you're russell wilson yeah of course that's where you're going um but it was interesting to see how aggressive and physical he was this summer in both training camp and in the preseason games then you fast forward to the game on Sunday, and he's playing up, but he's not playing physical. He's definitely not trying to get his hands on Cortland Sutton or these Denver receivers. He's not jamming him at the line. He's kind of playing a bail technique, trying to run with them. And I'm like, is that the scheme? Is like that legit what you're telling your guys? Don't do the thing you're good at. Like that's where it's I, gotta for be. me there's a bit of a disconnect. You know, he's good at it. Let him do it. Like, is I mean, he going to get gotta be, though. beat maybe once it? or twice? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, of course he is. But guess if this what? Team he got Al Harris. Okay. On Sunday. If this team way, had you know? Al Harris, they probably wouldn't even let him do what he's good at. And Al Harris probably was the not. best mugger we've had since. Yep. Forever. That's Kurt a really Newsom. good point. You're right. Like, they'd have, like, Al Harris playing, like, soft cover <laughs> two shell. 
<laughs> All right. Try not to get try not get depressed. Well, and that All that's right. to your point, right? It must be scheme because when you have a guy who's known for that and you're not letting him do what he's good at, it's got to be a choice. It has to be a philosophy yeah. or a choice. How and you're also, being taught, how you're being coached, right? Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, one thing I I will say, you know, I said this in the chat about, you know, if you don't there's something to be said and and this is this is hard um, for me right now because this is hard in business, right? Is how long do you stick with something? And it, it's a very important thing because, you know, you have to make a decision strategically as a leader on how long you're going to stick with something no matter what, uh, mm. unless something happens, right? So, right. you know, everybody's like, oh, this is a fail. You know, not everybody, but there's a lot of people like, oh, this is a failure of leadership of Mark Murphy and Brian Gutenkunst. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, some somebody said, did we see the Rich Eisen thing? And Rich Eisen had this really cool thing about like, hey, welcome. Welcome to being a Jets fan, Packers fans. Welcome yeah, to being right. a normal I NFL fan, uh, yep. which was really great. But and he actually was giving praise to to Goody and and you know that clearly there's a there's a there's there's not a leadership vacuum there there is a there is a strategy in place whether you agree with it or not or I agree with it or not they don't care which is what I said on Watch Party um, yep. but you don't know what you have when you just change stuff all the time now on the flip side of that you have to give stuff a a expiration date a time. Right. And right. and I've been guilty in business. I, I always say, like, you know, some things take two to three years before you even realize what you have. And I've had things like that. And there have been other things where I should have probably let them, you know, die or, or, or like got rid of them two years in or one year. in. so it's, these are very hard decisions you have to make. And in the NFL, these are accelerated by fans and the billions of dollars and all the things. But yep. if you look Lots at the Packers, his, if you look at the Packers historically, uh, what they've been able to do, they are the winningest team in in football uh, in the NFL uh, that they've been able Mm -hmm. to do over the last 30 years. They weren't even close 30 years ago. Um, So consistently they're the second winning, they're the second most, the second or third most successful team in the NFL in the last 30 years from a championship and and winning uh, uh, points, winning football games games standpoint. And so you have to, you have to have some trust there. I know a lot of people like attack us for being like, "Oh, well, you guys just you know you just let them do whatever they're going to do." It's like, no, the, we are going to go through this season with Matt Lafleur and Joe Barry and Jordan Love. We are going. Yep. That is what is. That is what we're going to do. Seventeen That's games, that no matter what we happen. do or say, that is going to yep. happen exactly. Because, and I'll tell you this too, and and there's a reason why this is smart. One. You can't tell another human being that you just said you are my guy. You don't you don't if you're if you're my guy, you're my guy, right? And I'm going to give you the chance and I'm going to commit to you, right? Commitment matters from a leadership standpoint of what you're going to try to do. And also like when you look at how, you know, I go back to the Rich Eisen thing about how young the team is, and that's not an excuse. A young team is not an excuse. What's great about a young team is they don't know what they don't know. So they got to figure that out, right? right? They don't know what they don't know. That's a positive and a negative. So it's a negative right now, but it's a positive from the standpoint of they can be molded in. I got a fly flying on me. Uh, He's like liking (laughs) what I'm saying. Um, They can be molded into what. 
<laughs> they can be molded into what we need them to be on this team. They can gel together. They can be together. Long-term, they all yeah. they, you know, the one thing I I really the, probably the only positive I can hang my hat on in this situation is the fact that these guys are doing it together. And if they are able to find a way to punch through, you know, the negativity, the 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 feelings of you know powerlessness, the feelings of like making mistakes and power through that, they're going to do it together, which is going to ultimately make them stronger. So that is the one thing I'm going to hang my head on. But not, all of you out there that are asking for Joe Barry to be gone or, or Matt LaFleur to be gone or play calling to change. Play calling is not going to change. I do not see that. I do not see Matt LaFleur making pay, pay, changing up his play calling because how the F do you learn if you don't keep trying and you don't keep trying to figure it out? I just don't see Matt going, oh, you know what? I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to change play calling. He's like, no, he's going to keep trying to figure it out week in and week out because that's his job. I right. don't know. Yeah, I I agree for the most part. Uh, I do wonder, as I posited on Packers Daily and Kyler clipped, and then everyone got to attack me about it. I just wonder, you know, does it come to a point where Matt, of his own admittance, last January, said, if I think this gives us the best chance to win, yeah, I'm going to consider it and or do it. And I'm not saying he's there right now, but you get – a month in month more into this and they're still kind of fits and starts on offense and they can't find their way, blah, blah, blah. Does he think like, you know what? Maybe it's time. I don't know. I'm just saying the man himself has admitted he's thought about it. That's all. That, that was my only point with that. Um, continuing on the defense, Kenny Clark needs to bounce back. Kenny Clark is coming off one of his worst games, not just of this season, but that I have seen from Kenny Clark in a long time and not just, you know, not productive because of course it's tough to be productive at that position. Defensive tackle is not a stats position, but man, they need him this week against this Vikings front, which has been very good and much better than they have been historically. We need Kenny to reawaken and you know, his old buddy Bradbury there, the uh, center for the, the Vikings traditionally he's gotten the better of him. So hopefully friendly confines of Lambeau field against an opponent he's familiar with. We get to see, uh, Kenny Clark back in the fold because what he put on the, the field last week is not the Kenny that we're used to, and we need to get him back. Uh, and then finally, because Savage is going to be out for at least four weeks, here comes Jonathan Owens. Going to step in at safety for the Green Bay Packers. Couldn't win the job in training camp. Did get some opportunities with the starting team in uh, both camp and preseason basically been very rotational up until Sunday and now it's his gig he was a 17 game starter for Houston last year uh like I said been kind of biding his time I mean I don't know man that Sunday he was really up and down hopefully with a week of preparation you know a game plan specifically knowing that he's in there from Joe and company hopefully that mitigates some of that but here's hoping it's guys, those are big shoes. And I know everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Savage, what? He's not a superstar. No, he's not. But he was he having a, a much season. better season. Yeah. He was having a he much did. better season than he's had recently. Um, and he, what I loved what Savage was doing this season up until last week was just his decisiveness. And it wasn't like he was making every play, but we had seen so much kind of like, I don't know, indecisiveness from Savage the last couple of years in Joe's scheme. This season, he was really flying around, and we can't lose that. Owens has to step in and be definitive 
with what he's seeing and what he's doing. Uh, they're going to need it. Kirk Cousins and company, they they, they can move the football. And they're they're going to need uh, Owens to step in so they don't uh, miss a beat. Uh, speaking of that Vikings-Packers game, let's get to three real quick preview points. The Packers, Corey, you like, you'll like this. This is a historical angle. The Packers hold a 65-57-3 edge over the Vikings in the all-time series. I didn't realize it was that large. I thought it would be tighter. You know what's like larger? It. I'm not complaining. The, the lead we larger? have over the Bears? No. We have a 13 to nothing edge in championships. This is correct. So uh, everybody watch my Vikings cocktail video because I talk a lot of shit about the Vikings throughout it. (laughs) It's really good. They don't deserve it. The the drink doesn't deserve a garnish because they never won a Super Bowl. That's pretty good. Yeah. Make sure you check out Corey's uh, video on his Vikings cocktail. (laughs) It's good stuff. Uh, It's actually a good cocktail, but it's very purple. It is. It tastes good. Uh, Hawkinson's dealing with a foot injury. Uh, I didn't see the update today. I know he didn't practice yesterday, although that was just an estimation. Uh, I mean, he's a big problem for the Packers, so anything he's having to deal with. I know he has told reporters he should be good to go for Sunday, but you never know. We'll see how he's feeling on that that Lambeau turf on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then finally, Corey, I know you'll you'll hate this, but the Vikings are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Packers on Sunday in Lambeau Field. I don't love that. I don't well, like what FanDuel's and, and I'm going to be honest with everybody right now. I know we talk a lot of shit oh, about gold package. Oh, here we but, go. But uh, the Packers sent an email out, and basically the Vikings gave up some tickets, so there were tickets, more tickets available. And then oh, I I was able to um, – I was able to – to sell, I had I had gotten uh, some Brown County lottery tickets that I was able to transfer, um, and right. to through the help of Mr. Kyle Cousineau, thank you for your service, sir. Hero, thank you for your work. Hero. Uh, I was able to find a Packer fan, and she's a TV fan who was actually who bought the tickets for me at face value. So we uh, was able to get Packer fans in in the seats that I was able to get for for Vikings, and it was very exciting. I got to text with them. He's like, "Oh, this is actually Corey." I was like, "Yeah, dude. Who did you think? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you think I have no, an agent a, or something that sells the tickets?" Right. I'm like, "Yeah, I am. I I got them." And I just, I'm not going because of watch party, but I'm here to say, I do feel like given our record and where we are, Mm -hmm. I just, I think there's going to be a lot of purple in, in green Bay because I just, I, it's unfortunate and I'm, I don't like it. Right. I'm just, I'm just don't kill the messenger, but I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of purple at Lambeau this this Sunday, but you know what, you know, you know, the silver lining is. We play to who the team is. We really do. We we do. Yeah, so we have a just as one point five points. Better, is so not a lot. We're playing better. Hopefully also, we're playing Kirk better. Cousins loves nothing more than to give us the ball. So that's this that's his correct. favorite thing, especially to do. in Lambeau. That's what he does. I'm down yeah. with this idea. Uh, let's get to our Deion Sanders quote of the week. You know, the controversy in college football right now is all about Michigan stealing signs. I love this from Coach Prime. You could have someone's whole game plan. They can mail it to you. You still got to stop it. I love it. I love it. I mean, well, that's kind of it, what it, you were talking about with Aaron Rodgers. That's basically right. what Aaron Rodgers said. He's like, yeah, just because I know the hand signals doesn't mean I can do anything about it. I <laughs> Which love it. I There's thought was another part yeah. of that. 
another part of that quote from Dion where he was like, it's it's different in baseball. Like with baseball, student science is legit because like it's just one on one. And if you know a curveball is coming, I got you like game on. Yeah. But like with football, to your point, Corey, like the 11 on 11, like you got to stop it. That may that not saying it's right. It's just like it's very different. It is very, very different. All right, let's do it. Come on, Nicholas. Give it to me. It's right! It's this week in the Packer Blogosphere, the return of that venerable series. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Packers fans of all ages, if you are not consuming the content of one J.T. O'Sullivan, a.k.a. the QB School, on these here YouTubes, I highly recommend you rectify that. Because each and every week, he does breakdowns of pretty much every starting quarterback. Not every quarterback every week, but most of the quarterbacks, most weeks, he gets to their games at some point and breaks down basically everything from the point of view of a quarterback, right? And for those old heads out there, you'll probably remember that JT was at one point a member of the Green Bay Packers. Um, and his stuff on YouTube, for like a hot I'm minute. telling you, for yeah, very, very a cup of coffee. But his stuff on YouTube is so good. It's yeah, so great. I like it's him so better than Dan Orlovsky or anybody else. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's just his style, the way he does it. It's so conversational. But clearly coming from a place of knowledge, I, I clipped this little bit from the Denver kind of breakdown. Uh, let's take a listen to this and we can talk about it on the other side. So to me, this is an RPO. And the crazy part for Jordan Love is he gets zero off his feet here with a pump. So pump, change the arm angle under his arm. <laughs> this is sweet, man. Pump, that's really not even a pump. That's like a turndown. Like he's going to throw it. Feels it's going to get batted, turns it down, goes different arm angle underneath, right on the back shoulder, and gets rewarded with a friendly bounce. <laughs> uh, so really like this design as well. Where the ball ends up going for a touchdown here is going to be right here. But really, he's running like a, a clear. And then we're going to come right underneath him with like that dart as the true one where the ball's trying to go. And then the ball just getting gets... It's a little bit back shouldery, but it's got to be caught. And then it just gets ricocheted into the number two's hands. Pretty awesome. But man, what Jordan Love is able to do off this edge defender right here as he jumps to be able to turn down and then kind of change the arm angle to throw an absolute seed. If anything, I would say maybe pull the string on this thing and don't throw it quite as hard. But man, nice problem to have. I mean, look at that throw. That thing is a straight up laser. Whoop. Yo. Get lucky, hell yes. Get lucky, hell yes. Also the name of my upcoming memoirs. But yes, how great is that shit? I mean, I, I can't recommend it enough. It, it like It's kind of like mini Christmas every week waiting for the video to drop. It's so good. Highly recommend you check it out. Um, and then the other thing this week in the blogosphere, Corey, I know you know who they are, but uh, other people out there might not be so nerdified in their life to know about Sports Video Group. Uh, because they featured the installation of the new video boards in one of their articles. Look at this. Yeah. Green Bay Packers nice. modernize in-venue show at Lambeau Field with new 4K HDR video boards. And they've got all sorts of quotes from our friends, Craig and company over there in 
1265 Lombardi. But if you are total looking for total nerddom when it comes to uh, you know Lambeau Field and the upgrade of the video boards, I highly recommend checking this article out because it is pretty damn cool. Uh, and that's what that's what I've got for blogosphere this week, Corey. You you ready for uh, some uh, YouTube chats? As it works. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I had something to say. I forgot what it was. Tyler, no thanks to Super Chat. Rumor has it there was no Packer transplants last week because Corey didn't answer for Coach Prime Stanford debacle. Go Stanford and go Pack Go. Um, <laughs> I have no comment about the SVG, and I have no comment about that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Eric, thanks for the Super Chat. I think we're seeing a very young team offense still figuring out how to play together. Do you subscribe to the idea that 2024-25 really could be the breakout years for love in this offense? Got to have patience. Yeah, I subscribe to that. I think they're going to be finding their way all year this year, definitely. Eddie Petsky, thanks for the Super Chat. Wix has more passing yards than Kurt Bankert as a Packer. Ooh. Eddie, the more I, like, you know. I like what you're doing there, Eddie. I really do. <laughs> Ryan Willie, thanks for the super chat. In my opinion, MLF's refusal to make adjustments in-game or week-to-week is insane. I is mean, he not does, does he not make adjustments? I feel like, I feel like How do they turn things around in the second half if he's not making adjustments? I, I pulled another okay. one, a non-super chat, because I do want to just... I do want to, you know, every time I, I feel like every time I talk about Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur, but like they're not going to get rid of him. People mistake me saying mm-hmm. that how I feel about whether we should get rid of Joe right? Barry or Matt LaFleur. I'm literally talking about a strategic decision the Packers are going to make and how they how they do things. Um, right. Joe Barry, I don't even know how I feel about Joe Barry because like things like not having the same personnel groupings always annoys me. That annoys me more than like the soft coverage yep. because I don't know enough about the statistical defense of, of the NFL to understand right. what is more likely to have a good, I know defenses that I like, but at the same time to build those defenses, typically you have to sacrifice something else. And for me, usually teams have to sacrifice offensive players and getting, so, so I'm always like, well, if our defense, I personally would rather in, from what I know about the NFL, which is, you know, somewhat, but very little, you know, really in the grand scheme of things, because I never played or, you know, I only know what I know as a fan my understanding is that it's easier to to score in the NFL, so you should focus more of your you know salary cap and efforts and and coordination on offense because that should give you you know even though defense wins championships, which doesn't mean break the bank and do that, but how right. I always love offense over defense. I love good defenses, but we've never really had a good defense since like 1996. So you know like. The 2010 defense was a shocker, and it was a surprise. You know, Raji and all those guys came together, Clay and everybody, and it just, mm-hmm. you know, Nick Collins, and, and that was an incredible defense too, by the way. But, it, you know, it's just my yeah, favorite defenses course. are takeaway defenses. Or, you know, we always found this one mm-hmm. thing with one stat to be number one at, and that put us over the top for the playoffs. But at the end of the day, it was all about our offenses. So, you know, I don't. I, I don't know whether we should get rid of Joe Barry. I just know that Matt LaFleur and the Packers are not going to do it this year. It's right. not about I agree. I'm not I'm not apologizing for Joe Barry. I don't I don't have any opinion. I, I don't because I don't know enough about how bad our def, bad or good our defense is, to be honest with you. Um I wish I did. 
Uh, Jimmy Johnson, thanks for the super chat. Thanks for that LinkedIn profile view, Nags. Let's get to work. Cheers. What are we welcome, Jimmy. What are we I have no idea. On? But you're welcome, Jimmy. Joe Lafleur was brought in here. Here, I brought this up because Joe. Joe, I had a little. Uh, Joe. Joe uh, had a little issues with some of the things he said. Lafleur was brought in to be an offensive mind. It's a BS excuse to say he needs to learn. Just more proof without Rodgers, he wouldn't be head coach right now. Okay. <laughs> when I say that Matt Lafleur needs to learn, there's a. I, I don't know why I brought that up because it just was the most <laughs> asinine thing I've seen. And so I put it in there because it was just a, like the right. whole thing is just asinine. Like the whole, well, the whole comment. Look, the idea that you know Matt LaFleur yeah. wouldn't be a head coach without Aaron Rodgers. Well, great. And Aaron Rodgers went to one the five, last two MVPs he won without Matt LaFleur. And you don't have to take my word for it. Aaron Rodgers literally said it on stage when he was winning his second MVP. Like, I understand people are frustrated with LaFleur for multiple reasons, right? But, yeah, he needs to learn with this young crew what they can yeah. do, what they're good at, how they could possibly work together, where the problem spots are. Like, that takes time. Like, I don't understand this whole idea of, like, oh, he's got to have all the answers with this whole offensive crew that is literally historically young. Like, I just – I get it. I get yeah. the frustration. But this idea that, like, oh, he's just riding Rodgers' coattails while Rodgers is out of town. I mean, he helped remake Rodgers, for God's sakes. Well, well and just, and, I, and I don't yeah, I don't have the full stats to back it up, but, you know, we all were bitching about we weren't running the ball enough. We weren't running the ball enough, right? And the last two games, we've spent a significant time running the ball. Now, you can quibble and say, oh, is Aaron, Ro Aaron Jones on a pitch count, right? Aaron Jones' health and all that's going – we ran the right. ball. Now, did we run successfully? Well, when we kept at it, we, we got to it. But, yep. you know, I don't know. When, when you have three or four guys every play not executing the play, I don't right. know. What can a head coach do? Now, you could say, well, he needs to get them better prepared. And it's like, well, they're the youngest team in the NFL. So it's like, you know, yeah, you can get them prepared, but at some point they got to come to play. And they, they have to play. Right. Yeah, and it's like yes. Now, now you could say, hey, like we've said this, right? It's like, well, if you know that the offensive line is going to get their ass handed to them, then you need to scheme. <laughs> there's a way to scheme out of that, right? right? Well, only so much. Only so and also, much. Exactly. At some point, you have to play football. You know, <laughs> you can only scheme so much or play call so much to mitigate these problems that are rampant because of both their youth and inconsistency. Yes. Mimsy, thanks for the super chat. Gathering place, off-season beer. Carry the Giannis. I like it. I like it. I like it. My bucks. I like Opening it. tonight. My bucks. Let's go. Uh, football. Thanks for the super chat, football. But who will hold me accountable for my beer belly? Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Somebody saw my rant yesterday. I don't hold myself accountable for my own beer belly, so I'm not going to hold you accountable for yours, football. Oh, I'll send you the link. I, I, someone, <laughs> someone finally got to me. Like I, I, After the 4,000th person saying that there's no accountability or somebody needs to hold accountable, just that word accountability. What does that even mean? What people, does that that's even what mean? I said. 
I'll send you the video. I finally – What I is – but that's the thing, you guys. Come on, okay? And I hate it when people are like, well, at my job, I would be help- – no, okay. <laughs> that is nothing like the NFL whatsoever. At the, at the end the of the day, yeah. At the end of the day, these guys, most of the players in the NFL play less than three years. Less than three years. So they're already going to be held accountable by not being able to play the game that they love. They get all the way. They get in. Co- they go to, from college. Yeah, they get in this yeah. game. They don't actually make a lot of money, you guys. Like, literally 80% of all football players don't make a crazy amount of money. They're in for three years. Okay, maybe they made half a million or 600000 You're like, that's a lot of money. But then they're gone, and they're done. Their career's over. So, like, let's be real for a second. What does accountability mean? You you have to show up on time, and you got to do your job. And guess what? There's already a guy that's right behind you trying to take your job at any moment in time, which is not like anybody who's watching this chat. No one who's watching this chat has to deal with that. Or if there are, we're talking about .001%, where there's literally someone who is going to take your job next man up. So it's like, what does accountability even mean? Oh, you lost three games, so now you have to get fired as a coach? Like, what? what is the even the KPI or the metrics you're even using? And that that's my thing. It's like, what is the metric you're using? Is it just losses? Because you need to fucking get a grip. If it's just the fact that the Packers are losing with the youngest team in the NFL, a new quarterback, and, and a fucking salary cap that's $50 million in the hole, you need to get a grip on life and learn the fucking NFL. Boy. That's well stated, Banky. I mean, I'm saying that. God, that's, that's, that's annoying. That's the hotness right there. That's next week's hotness already sorted. I didn't even – well, somebody was like, I need a Corey rant. And I was like, I have nothing to rant about. But I do. That whole word, it doesn't even make any sense. I know. It doesn't even make any Uh, sense. You and I are lockstep here. Thanks for the super chat. Didn't think the former QB would get me pumped up for a rivalry game, but thank you, 12, for calling out the Vikings for pumping in sound of their stadium. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, I'm I'm loving I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Besides some of his more controversial statements, which I don't even need to talk about, which he's just tr- I right. feel like he's just feeding I feel like he's trying to he's be- going. He's, yeah. yeah, he's trying to get everybody going, right? And I feel like he yeah. knows what he's doing on the clickbait side at this point. You know what I mean? He totally he's trolling people, right? So I'm not taking that. But there is something to be said for you know, the the love that he's showing for the Green Bay Packers this season, right? I don't feel like I feel like I do feel I don't know if this is true, but I feel like he's let a lot of stuff go about that situation, or at least publicly it feels yeah. like he's let a lot of stuff go, yeah. his feelings, because he it feels yeah. like he's trying to support Jordan, and it feels like he's trying to support yep. the Packers, and he, he's not publicly, like, you know, bashing them like he was when he was kind of in his negotiation period, you know? And so I really appreciate it. Like, I, you know, that's why I brought up the thing that he said, because he he really has a lot to say about – I mean, I think – you know, if the, if he is going to retire, he really should broadcast about the NFL because I think he has a lot to contribute yet to the entertainment side of the NFL for for a hundred percent. Yep. Mike, thanks for the super chat. The only positive is it's officially Dame time. My Bucks, let's go! Throw it down, big man. Throw it down. Let's go. <laughs> Some <laughs> oh. uh, Con oh, Krug, what? thanks for the super chat. Uh, channeling my inner James Giambetti. Say it with me. Accountability. Mr. Giambetti was the owner and the voice of the exclusive company. Say it Thanks with for the me. Super Chat. The exclusive company. Downtown Oshkosh. Downtown Appleton. 
I love it. I was, that's Wendy Vance, thank you for the super chat. The Packers' first touchdown against the Broncos was kind of a revenge touchdown against Russell Wilson for the one that they took away from us in Seattle. With with two guys holding the ball and the officials standing there with their arms raised, singling touchdown. That is well spotted, Wendy. Well done. I love it. I don't want to be biased, but I've heard better. Cor- I can't. I, I just can't. I can't read. The- okay. Matthew Clark, thanks for the super chat. Uh, and it's a, I, be- I think it's a pound. I think that's the pound sign. I can never tell between pounds. the pound sign. Five it's pounds. the pounds, right? So thank you from England, Matthew. Uh, appreciate you. From the UK, excuse me. Uh, you got to lose four to finish 13-4. and four. Good job to get them out of the way now. I, for one, love the strategy. Matthew okay. carries the like G, the ladies and gentlemen. Matthew is across like the, the pond carrying the G. I love it. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's funny is I, I need to, you know, I need to say something to Packer fans. I need to do a better job. I'm, I need to do a better job being hopeful about this team. I, I, I really have been, some of the watch parties, I've been letting the chat get me down. And I feel like, you know, we can't do it, people. Don't let, you remember this and, and you know, remember the internet, the negative is always 9 out of 10, Right. It doesn't mean there's more negative people than positive people. It's just the negatives they got. They gotta. They gotta push their boundaries, right? And the positives, like the moderates, you know, they're like, they, they're they're there, but they're not necessarily going to speak out loud. So I, I need to speak more up for the for the positives because there's there's a lot to be positive about this team. Um, they're very small things. They're very small detail things, you know. Um, and it's hard to be positive about this team right now, but you know. Uh, it's good. All it it's takes good for is the one soul. win, baby. You beat the Vikings on Sunday, man. I'm gonna be feeling great. I'm gonna. Feel well, that's the thing. That's the, the thing. World, it's gonna man. be like the Bears game if we beat the Vikings by like one oh, point. That's the thing. If we could have beat We're Denver by it. one We're two point, two and one in the division. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so good. Speaking of positive, let's give a shout out to our Patreon members. You guys are the lifeblood of what we do here at Cheesehead TV. We cannot. Thank you guys enough for the support. Happy hour. Unfortunately, Corey was unable to make it this week, but we had a humdinger. We went extra long, Banky. You. you would you would have loved it. We we were we were talking well into the evening. Uh, and also a shout out to the Carry the G Club members here on YouTube. You guys keep this place humming during watch parties. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, Corey, you got anything else before we head off into the evening? No, join us for watch party and watch my Vikings cocktail video, people. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know if you if you get a chance to make it. Make it. Make it, people. That'll do it for this episode of Packer Transplants. We'd like to thank everyone who makes Cheesehead TV part of their daily Packers routine. We are and will always be devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. I think it's a fluid situation. And we're, we're I know you guys love it, especially Nagler. I can see you smirking at me right there. Uh, we're going to take it one day at a time and, uh, and just, it's going to be fluid though. That's all I can tell you.